Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I wonder if we could just pray now and ask the Lord to touch the word of his, his word to our heart. Amen. I don't know what you may have had to go through. I say this a lot, especially on Wednesdays, but I have no idea what you had to wade through to get here, but I'm glad that you made it. And so whatever you had to conquer to get here, you won. So we got our bodies here. Now let's bring our minds here and let's set our heart on the table and let the spirit of God touch us, mold us, amend us. Lord, we love you today. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the hope that we find in you. I know that your word is anointed, and I pray this evening that you'll just strengthen this word to our heart. Help us, everyone in particular, Lord, to just reach in with everything that we have and let your spirit speak to our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, and will join me in Numbers 13 and 1, the book of Numbers 13 and 1. I'm going to read the first and second verse, and I'm going to... Maybe uh, just say a few things in advance here tonight. Number one, I realize that I am going to be speaking from a passage of Scripture that many, if not um, most or all of us have read. And uh, I also intend to talk about something this evening that applies to us all. So aren't you glad you came? And aren't you really glad your neighbor came? Because you know they're just going to get it right twixt the eyes here this evening. Amen. It's going to speak to all of our our heart, not the least of which will be me. The book of Numbers, chapter 13, and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Let's read the first part of verse number 2 again. This is, this is the command of the Lord. Send thou men, and here's their job instructions, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give. Can you say he gave it? Yes. Amen. Which I give unto the children of Israel. I want to speak this evening from this subject, talking past the promise. Talking past the promise. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. God commanded that Moses send 12 spies. He was to send one man from each tribe, and their responsibility was to search out the land. He said, I want you to search the land of Canaan that I give to the children of Israel, or search out the land of Canaan that I have given to you. Because he was not talking about somebody different. But God did not stop with that command. 
He then added, and this is what we've underlined here, that he was giving this. Amen. He was giving this to them. He was not asking them to go in and judge whether or not they could possess the land. He just said, I've led you here to the edge of the promise. And now I want you to take one man from each of the tribes and let them go in. That seems pretty straightforward. I don't know what you call the games, but um, I've just heard about these. I've actually, in all honesty, never been present when this game was played. But how that you would tell one person something and let them pass that around the room. And by the time it makes its way over here, no matter how simple the instruction started out, it always gets complicated along the way. That's not because there's a whole room full of liars. It just means there's a whole room full of humans. And when we add our perspective to some instruction, here's what happens. Here's, we've already read what the Lord said to do, and here is the response of Moses. This is how Moses relays the same message. Just a few words, one verse. Moses takes several. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said unto them, Take you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain." And see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad. And what cities they be that dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean whether there be wood therein or not. And be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So let's look at something very significant. God said, just go search out the land that I give you. And when a simple command from a great God gets in the hands of frail men, this is what happened. Moses said, "If you number one, I want you to go see the land. Just go see the land and determine whether or not the land is good or bad. Now this was land that God picked out himself. I want you to go see whether it's good or bad. Then I need you to determine, to determine if it's fat or if it's lean. And then he said, I want you to see if there's any wood there as well. Then he told them to observe the people that were in the land. And he said, I want you to determine among the people whether they are strong or whether they are weak or whether they are many or whether they are few. And then he said, I want you to observe the cities that are in the land. And I want you to, to decide or determine whether or not they're cities whether, where they live just in tents or are they cities that have strongholds in them? And then he said, be of courage. And by the way, bring me back some fruit. Amen. Quite a difference in there. Moses started off, like many of us, right. And had he just stopped when he said, go spy out the land. 
and see what is there. He would have effectively communicated exactly what God had told him to do. After everything that God has already done, and I realize to some degree I'm preaching to the choir, but let's walk there again. After everything that God has already done, Moses now had the boldness to even wonder if the land was going to be good enough. Amen. Now Moses, I I, I don't want to be unkind, but it's only fair that we keep this in context. Moses was not among the murmuring people that he was leading. I think I recently talked about that, that Moses in his frustrations of leading the children of Israel out, he was not among them. Moses was not a doubter when there was doubt filling the camp. He was that voice of reason that was saying, yes, we can. If we keep this in chronological order, Moses was standing there at the burning bush and realized that it was more than just a bush on fire, but it was the voice of God that spoke to him that set this whole thing in motion. Moses had participated in all of the miracles before the Egyptian sorcerers that that tried to match miracle for miracle, only to find themselves in vain. God was working through Moses, and the man Moses was standing right there. He witnessed every plague that befell Egypt. Moses heard the wailing cry of every household that did not have the Passover blood applied to the doorpost or the header. And Moses was right there when all of this unfolded. He witnessed the pillar of the cloud by day and the fire by night. Moses was standing there at the Red Sea when he was given the command to raise his staff over the water, not even aware of what was about to happen himself. Amen. He didn't realize the glory or the majesty that he was about to witness, but he was standing on the front line of all of this. And now after all of this, here is this same man standing, wondering at the purpose of God. I wonder if this is going to be everything that God said it would be. Moses wondered if the land was good or if the land was bad. He wondered if it was fat or if it was lean or if it had sufficient wood. What Moses did not realize is what we often fail to realize is that God had already spied out the land and he had judged it to be glorious and he had judged it to be enough. Just this morning I read the 45th chapter of the book of Isaiah whenever the Spirit of God or the Lord was moving and speaking to Isaiah and talking to the children of Israel about how that he would go with them. He would walk with them. And all through that particular portion of the book of Isaiah, what promises we find in those 40th chapters. And through there, we see that God promised again and again and again that I will be there. And so the Lord was not sending them off on some questionable journey. But God indeed had already spied out the land. He created the land. And he had judged it worthy. And he had judged it sufficient. Moses could not possibly know how powerful the gift is they are about to receive. However, before we start really thinking 
how Moses is failing here at the very verge of a promise, we ought, we ought to also consider ourselves because, again, I said this is going to be something that applies to all of us. We've all been right there at the edge of the promise and then when it, there should have been anything in our mind but a question mark that seemingly was all that was in our mind was a question. How many of us have stood right at the edge of what God said will be and we begin to question and pick it apart Amen. I wonder when God offers us something, what we, what would happen if we just stepped into that without hesitation? Amen. Even if the new country isn't quite what we had in mind, or even if this new venture isn't exactly how we envisioned it, Amen. I wonder what would happen if we would just step into the perfect plan and the will of God. God commanded Moses to send these twelve men into this land. Amen. Now, we could ask ourselves to the dawning of day exactly why God sent them. Our ability to know what, uh, what the end of the story is today is somewhat, somewhat takes a little bit of the punch out of it. We already know how this all unfolds. Amen. So with our ability to look at the end or look a little further ahead, we know today something that Moses could not have known at that particular moment. Amen. It may help us to understand that the, the Hebrew word for spy literally means to meander about. To meander about. Amen. God had already meandered about throughout the promised land and determined that this is exactly sufficient for my people. In God's eyes, it was already theirs. It already belonged to them. He just wanted them to see it. This was not a mission to go see if you think you can accomplish it. I am giving this land to you. Maybe God just wanted to see their reaction. I, I don't know. He had brought them this far. One miracle after another. Now they're at the end of the journey. And after such a long journey through the wilderness, the children of Israel was going to finally see that it really was worth every mile of the trip. Now they're right at the verge of a promise. Amen. God took them to the edge of a promise. And He said, now I want you to send one man from every tribe. And I want them to go look at the land. It's entirely possible that God expected them to return with excitement, with enthusiasm, that it's well worth, it's everything we've heard it to be. It is indeed what Abraham of old spoke about all the way back in Genesis 12, a land that flows with milk and honey. It is a land that is sufficient, even after all that God had shown them, even in all the ways that God had revealed Himself to them, they were still looking at everything through the wrong lens. I believe that I am preaching tonight to people that we could all with a calm assurance say the Lord has been mighty good to me. He's answered one prayer after another. When we stood at what seemed like the end of the trail, God just continually added strength. Amen. Day by day by day, God gave us the ability to make it to where we are tonight. God has been so good to us. God wanted them to see the glory, but instead they saw the giants. God wanted to, them to see the wonder and the plenty and the sufficient supply that they were going to need, and yet all they saw were the walled cities. 
After these same eyes, these same people, amen, realizing that they were of a lineage that had walked through this journey. They were not just somewhere people that were so far removed from this that it was just mere testimonies. But they had looked into the eyes of mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles alike that had all experienced the hand of God and His miraculous mercy. After having seen God work again and again and again throughout the journey, you would think they would have more faith in God. Amen. I will now turn that inward to all, all of us. You would think, after all that God has done for you and I, that we would have more faith. Amen. You would think we would have sufficient faith for whatever we face. Amen. I know we're comfortable talking about the children of Israel because they're not in the building tonight. But how many of us are sitting here with answered prayers aplenty in our storeroom? And how many of us are sitting here and realizing that God has come through right on time and just in the nick of time and God has answered this prayer and that prayer and another prayer and yet, and yet we stand trembling because we don't have an answer about this one thing or that one thing. I'm not trying to minimize your storm tonight, but what I am trying to do is maximize our God. Amen. He is more than enough. And that is why we've got to be very, very careful that we don't talk our our way past the promise. What becomes obvious at this point is when God originally raised His hand to the Israelites in Egypt to reveal to Him who He was. Amen. However, it seems as though these particular Men were not paying attention to just what God was trying to set in the foundation of this group of people. Amen. They didn't really understand how God had brought them out. They paid attention when the plagues were going on, and the parting of the sea. They admired the cloud. Amen. They were anything but new to the ways of God. God had revealed Himself again and again and again. I suppose if I could say it this way tonight, if we only see the miracles of God without seeing the God of the miracle, our faith will never be sufficient. If we just see the miracles, if we just experience the signs and the wonders, and we don't have a relationship with the God of those miracles, then we will never have the faith sufficient. When God delivers us, or when God moves in our life, in some specific area, we can write that down. We can check that off of our list, so to speak, because that is an area where we can forever trust God. Amen. Just let your mind wander a little bit. Not often you hear a preacher admonish you to do that, but let your mind wander just a little bit. There's some areas of our lives that God miraculously intervened. Now it's not a walk of faith, but it was a walk of experience. Now I know whether that was healing or deliverance or the list could go on and on and on and on. But whatever it was that God miraculously intercepted or intervened. Amen. That is an area of our lives that we walk with great courage and with great boldness. Hallelujah. We're going to trust God in that area. But if we don't know the God behind those miracles, then that puts us in an altogether different position. 
We come through these seasons and we sound like those ten spies. We ask questions of ourselves and to one another. I know that God can part the Red Sea, but can He give us water in the desert? I know that God can give us water in the desert, but can He give us food in the desert? And the list goes on and on. A comedy of errors are taking place. I know you did this, but I don't know about that. I know that you did that, but I'm not sure about tomorrow. And we talk our way out of the promise. I know that God can give us food in the wilderness, but now can God take care of these walled cities? And can God take care of these giants? And so goes the person who experiences only the miracles of God and the blessings of God, but they never have a relationship with that God. I've literally watched people receive undeniable miracles in their life and then never serve God one day. One of my earliest memories of this was someone that my wife and I know from many years ago, probably over 30 years ago. A man who was literally at death's door. And I don't mean that in whispered cries, he said, if God will heal me, I will serve him the rest of my life. But I mean everybody that would darken that hospital door, everybody that he thought might be able to pray a prayer of faith. If God will but heal me, I'll serve him the rest of my life. And to my knowledge, he's never served God a day in his life. Amen. God raised him up miraculously. Amen. I'm not, I'm, this is not a maybe so might be, but God miraculously intervened and healed him. And he came out of that hospital room and has lived a rich, full life up to this point. And so I say not throwing stones tonight. Here is a man that experienced, amen, the miracles of God, but he never experienced the God of the miracles. I say, Lord, today, I need the God of the miracles. That's what I need in my life now is the God of the miracles. I don't want to just know the miracles of God, but I want to know the God behind that. First and foremost, God wants us to know Him. Him. And we realize who He is, then our future and our problems pale in comparison to His greatness. Not only did they not have faith, but they also failed to understand their true purpose. It was not their job to determine whether or not they were strong enough to take the land. It was not their job to judge whether or not the land was good enough to even be taken. Their job was just to go see the land. Just go spy it out. Just go meander around. Just go take it all in. Amen. It was as though with bated breath, if I could use it more so in our, in our terminology, that God was going to send them in and hopefully watch them come back with joy in their heart. Just go meander around and come back and tell us what you think. God had already gone before them. God had already marched before them. God had already determined that they were strong enough and that the land was good enough long before they ever left Egypt while they were still making bricks under Pharaoh's house. God was meandering through the land of Canaan and writing their names down on it. I like what one writer said. One writer said he already knew where those spies were going to build their house before he ever even took them out of the land of Egypt. He just said, I want to know what your take on all of this is. And yet sometimes we just talk ourselves right out 
of the blessing. God's plan was perfect, but they couldn't see their plan, His plan, because they looked at the wrong thing. Had they understood God, and had they understood His plan, they would have known that this land was already theirs. I'm giving this to you. Amen. It's not a giant. There's not a walled city. There's not an obstacle that can stand in your way. Had they studied the land instead of the walled cities, maybe they would have been able to sense that God had gone before them. Possibly they would have gotten the picture that God's not afraid of a few giants here and there. He wasn't afraid of them, and if God wasn't afraid of them, then we have no reason to be afraid of them. The Lord, the book of Deuteronomy 31 and 8, the Bible says, And the Lord, He it is that doth go before thee, He will be with thee, He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. Now you don't really even have to have a translation of that or a commentary on that. All we have to do is just embrace that. Amen. The Lord said, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to be with you. And I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to forsake you. And I'm, I, I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be dismayed. One of the greatest lessons for us to learn is to remember that God's promises are yea and amen. They're already settled. God's promises have nothing to do with the obstacles. When God gives us a promise, amen, it is a promise. Now we all understand this much about God, even though we don't understand all about God. We know that God doesn't often fill in all the blanks. All we have to do is recall the life of Joseph, and we realize that that all played out in living color right before our eyes. Here's where you are, and here's where you're going. But there were many chapters of his life left out. But I ask you, in all of that, did God ever fail him? Or did God ever let him down? Amen. Every time he sat in a place of absolute and utter dismay, God was moving him to another place, another position. Joseph thought everybody had forgotten him, not just his brothers and not just his father, not just the baker and not just the butler. But Joseph had reason to believe that everybody had forgotten him. But what he couldn't see was that God had a master plan. I'm just moving you one step closer to where I need you to be ultimately. And there are parts of the journey that just never seem to make sense. There are portions of the trip that just never seem like we can pull the dots all together. But if God gives us a promise, then I don't want to talk myself out of that promise. Amen. The reason God maybe leaves out some of those details is because those details don't mean anything to God. That's no big deal. We'll take care of that when we get there. You know, it's, we've all had a crisis in our life of some sort. And whatever the crisis is, we just don't, in our mind, see how this could ever even be fixed. But when you get a hold of the person whose job it is to fix that, they don't show up in the same frame of mind that we're in. You got a plumbing problem? You may just be all up in the air. And the plumber, he just comes in whistling. The plumber stepped out here. One of them stepped out here. 
They're not worried about it. Because they have what it takes to fix the problem. So it's not that great of an issue. Amen. And so you're wondering, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? And if we do this, then what are we going to do with that? They're not worried about any of that. They already knew what they were going to do when they got there. And so God doesn't fill in all the blanks because He's trying to tease us, mess with us. The giants are not giants to God. They were just giants to men. The walled cities were not walled cities to God. They were just walled cities to men. Amen. We've got to understand that if God brings us to something, and I know it's been said many times, but it is nevertheless true. If He brings us to something, He will bring us through something. And so everything that we're looking for is only going to be found when we determine in our heart that we are going to follow God wherever He leads. And so when God speaks to us, then it is my responsibility to listen and respond. If God is directing our steps, then all I have to do is follow Him. The journey may seem like at times it's more than we can bear, but God really does give us the strength. Somehow, through it all, God does give us the strength. You ever heard people say He won't put more on us than we can bear? I don't want to mess you up tonight. But He's talking about temptations. Not just weights of life. And so sometimes it does seem like we're just about to crumble. But in all of that, God is giving us the energy to stand back up and to push against that. And so I'm thankful that God has never failed, never let down, never been late in the big scheme of things. I thought He was late a couple of times. But in the big scheme of things, He's never been late. Amen. And so we, we, we can stay right where we are if we choose. But we have to realize that walled cities are only walled cities to us. They're not walled cities to God. Amen. Here's what God thought of Jericho. He said, you go in and march around. He didn't say, bring your pickaxe. He didn't say, bring some dynamite. He didn't say, bring some shovels to, bear, to burrow under the wall. He just said, march around. And when you march around so many times, so many days, he said, then I want you to shout. And when you shout, and let me tell you, it had nothing to do with a shout. It wasn't the voice of the people that caused the mortar to crack. It wasn't the voice of the people that caused anything. It was the voice of the people that represented the faith of the people. Amen. Not the faith in their own ability, but the faith in their God. Hallelujah. And when they responded in faith to their God, they didn't talk themselves out of a promise. As a matter of fact, they weren't told to say anything here. Just shout unto the Lord. And the walls of Jericho were pressed flat into the earth where they stand at this very moment in time. God was God enough then, and He is God enough now. Amen. And all I have to do is just trust Him. One New Testament story tells us of a promise, a promised child. The mother was taken enough by the announcement, but the father was pushed over the edge. And we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do the other. And so God said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to strike you dumb for nine months. 
Because if I don't, you, sir, are never going to hear the cry of a baby. And so I want you to think about, with me, all the things this man could not experience for this journey. When that baby first started moving, and the mother said, look here, all he could share were facial expressions. He couldn't say a word. The journey, the joy of the journey. He was muted for the whole journey. They never got to talk. They never had evening sitting around the fire talking about painting, the deck, decorating the room and all the things that go with it. I wonder... If God has His hand over our mouth and all the things that we are not able to express because if, we, if we're not careful, we'll talk ourselves out of the promise. Amen. And so the choice is ours if our musicians would come. The choice is ours. We can stand right where we are. Some chose to do that, you know. One and a half tribes said, Oh, this is sufficient. This is enough. We'll just stay right here. While the others pressed on. And so we can walk in circles and stand in the valley. And we can question God's sufficiency. We can question God's strength. Or we can follow the leading of the Lord. And say, I don't want to wander around here. I don't want to wander around where God has already meandered. I don't want to stand and scratch my head in bewilderment in a place that God has already touched. He's already passed through. He said, I'm going to go with you. Amen. And so we can follow God's leading into a new path, a land that God has already said, this is sufficient and I will give this to you. And so I pray today that God, and I trust it is all of our desire, is to be led into the newness of what God wants. I'm thankful for yesterday. I'm thankful for what God has done in my past. and I'm thankful for what He's done in your past. I'm thankful for what God has done in the history of this church. But I don't think our best days are there. I think our best days are there. Amen. And so I don't want to wander around where God has already meandered, where God has already spied out, where God has already touched and approved. Amen. Let's stand. Can we do that? Praise the Lord. Would you just lift your hands and your voice with me this evening and ask the Spirit of God to just speak something in our heart. Lord, I know that in our flesh, in our own human nature and way, we can come so miserably short. God, I pray that you would help us tonight, God, that we don't talk ourselves out of the hope that you have for our tomorrow. I pray, God, that you don't allow us to speak, Lord, and to talk ourselves past what you're really wanting to give birth to in our lives. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.